tonight on Hops and Box Office Flaps. I don't understand. Jamzilla's covered in beer and there's not a drop on you. Oh, I've been to many, many 10-man lifts. You have to know where to stand. Hops and Box Office Flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back. This is our 160th episode of Pops and Box Office Flops presented by Wabam Entertainment. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we conclude our vampiric hops and blood-sucking flops with one of the last good spoof films, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Feels like a bit of a stretch. Yeah. I mean, Scary Movie was pretty funny. Yeah. Might be a stretch. Uh, and hey, also, this you know movie's what? forgotten classic, funny. not another teen movie. That's yeah. not a good movie. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's but it's a good Captain America in it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a good movie. In a whipped cream bikini, Captain America. <laughs> right? I mean, who, who didn't have that, you know, awaken something inside of them? <laughs> uh, casting uh, agents. Well, well so I guess we learned a lot about Chumzilla in the last uh, couple minutes here. <clears throat> So along uh, with me for this preposterous parody are the man whose diet consists solely of bugs and small creatures, Chumpzilla. Boy, um, let's talk about enemas. Have you I had mean, one lately? I was going to say, I mean, that's kind of like, have it, I been not since bad? lunch, right? Do, do I need punished? Do I need a lot of, lot of enema talk in this movie? Wasn't it a reward that? for you? I, I, I mean, yes, no, maybe. I don't know. Is it, is it Chris Evans? giving it to me i mean that it, there's a lot of ins and outs here it depends especially with an enema i always said lots of ins lots mm-hmm. of outs yeah lots of outs yeah mm-hmm. lots of outs. uh we've got uh dracula's wig guy captain cash i mean it's not a good wig but it's not supposed to be a good wig so i feel like i still carried myself off pretty okay i get it it's it's uh it's a reference to gary oldman's weird old lady wig um, I get yep. that from from the uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula movie. Um, it's also a gag that, much like most of the jokes in this movie, don't never pays off. Doesn't doesn't really have a punchline. It's just okay. Well, the yeah, wig, we'll the wig comes on and off. But yeah, it's a, it's a gag. It's there. It happens twice. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Uh, I, oh yeah, the movie t- does it twice, and it's not funny either time. Oh my god. Uh, oh. We've also got the man who drove a stake clear through Grimace's purple heart. Mayor McCheese. Can I redirect that stake at Chumpzilla, knowing how this podcast is going to go? Let's face I, it. Chumpzilla is like one of the bastard McFry kids of this podcast. <laughs> I've always said nothing could kill the grimace, but I stand corrected. Apparently, Mayor McCheese could the entire time. Oh, it takes, yeah. it takes mm-hmm. two strokes. You got to do the second one. You know and that determination <laughs> and a giant head made of cheeseburger. I mean, if you were going to assign like profiles like fbi profiles to mcdonald's mascots mayor mccheese is clearly a murderer oh yeah for sure what about the hamburglar well i mean no, petty crimes just, obviously he's a thief yeah yeah he steals he's hamburgers. a gentleman thief no less a very he's a he's a, he's a b and e man all right yeah. it's not yeah. that hard to, it's not that hard to suss out 
<laughs> yeah, but you're telling me he's never had to kill somebody to cover up one of his crimes? I'm just saying. If well, you uh, think about it, he's he's hamburgling. What is the head of Mary McCheese but a hamburger? Yeah. Ooh, I mean, oh, maybe he cut his head off and took it. That's that's <laughs> why he that's why he's public enemy number one. Some godfather shit. I feel like the hamburger hired the guy with the moon head to do all his murders for him. Who was that? What was that guy's name? Uh, Mac, Mac tonight. Mac yeah. tonight. Yeah. And this obviously, took a hard left turn into some McDonald's for. Aren't we talking about a Dracula or yeah. two? Obviously, the grimace is a cannibal <laughs> that ate all the McFry kids and or human Muppet yeah. butt plug, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, so points of order. You can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram <laughs> at Hops and Deal Flaps. And you can find Wobam Entertainment at W O B A M E N T on Twitter and Instagram. Dracula Dead and Loving It was free, but we we took a week off and then it wasn't free. So you have to rent it across oh, platforms it. for $3.99. Uh, full disclosure, Chumpzilla had $2 in promotional credits through Amazon. So this cost me $1.99 and I want my $1.99 back. I am not a satisfied offer. customer. Promotional well, offer. I, you know, if anyone wants to come watch it, I own it. And you can see it at Mayor McCheese's house. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Fuck off, Chumzilla. After we just this a lot during this podcast. After we've just established that you may or may not be a murderer, I don't think anybody's coming to watch old Leslie Nielsen movies at your house. Why? <laughs> he's he's a national treasure. He is. I, I I love Leslie Nielsen. He's actually a Canadian treasure because he is Canadian. So oh, Nanak, I like it. Yeah. Uh, let's talk beer tonight. We are drinking more True Blood. No. <laughs> really closing it out yeah i've been drinking ab negative for three weeks straight and i'm just shitting maroon it's terrible uh no we're drinking boulevard's dark truth imperial stout it clocks in at a captain cash approved 9.7 percent abv need something to peel paint and make the bad feelings turn into good feelings yeah i had one of these last night late watching what will be my recommendation later and suffice to say the last beer was not needed for my headache this morning <laughs> so this boasts layers of complex flavors such as espresso roasted frig roasted fig and creme brulee and it's got belgian yeast that provides a plum-like fruitness noble german hops reveal spicy herbal notes and the rich velvety mouthfeel mellows to a dry smoky finish i will say i mean i can't really pull flavors like that but i uh, this is a good stout it's just very strong so i'd give it two bad movies but i do enjoy it um it's a little sharp uh on my palate unlike your like, wit uh yeah unlike my wit which is quite dull uh, no it's a little it's a little sharp um i definitely get like the the roasted uh coffee notes oh yeah oh yeah i can yeah definitely got the coffee aftertaste wow um it doesn't taste too boozy but yeah i don't know there's just a hint of acidity or something that it's a little sharp on my palate i'll give it one and a half uh bad movies but yeah 9.7 is not, a lot so. it, it's it doesn't taste boozy but you can kind of feel it it's so, it's not not it's not totally hidden it's it's there so yeah. i was not able to get this in my local store but they did have whiskey barrel aged imperial stout which comes in 
at an even more Captain Cash approved 11.8% alcohol per volume. Oh my. Like, I don't like stouts. This thing is delicious and scary. There's a reason they sell it in a four pack because you were going to get sloshed. Some might say it's the Vlad, the Imperial stout, like Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was something. If you explain the joke, it's not as funny. Well, it's well part listen, this movie. this movie does a lot of things that you'd only get if you've seen Bram Stoker's Dracula. So. That is a real good point. This movie's great. I, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, I've never off. seen that movie. Um, maybe I should have watched it first. I don't know. Uh, it does sort of feel like required viewing. Yeah, or you just it? could have had a sense of humor before you decided to get into a gag comedy. I, uh, I'll say it right now, listeners. This movie did not make me laugh and or chuckle at any point. Yeah, well, you're also a shithead. So, Dracula Dead and Loving It, directed <laughs> by Mel Brooks, an absolute comedy legend, uh, whose Schwartz is a lot bigger than mine. It stars Leslie Detective Frank Drebin Nielsen as Dracula, Mel President Scrooge Brooks as Abraham Van Helsing, Stephen Wings Weber as Harker, Peter Hilsvigel, McNichol as Renfield, and Amy Made Marion Yazbek as Mina. Also, if you have seen uh, Robin Hood Men Tights, you'll recognize quite a few people from that movie in this movie. Mel Brooks did that a lot. Uh, wasn't the uh, the one chick the the princess from Kroll too? Uh, the brunette, uh, Lucy, Lucy, maybe. Google somebody uh, Google. She yeah. was in Crawl. I don't know what she who she played, but she was in Crawl. So uh-huh. said Amazon. That that is that is also the extent of uh, my research into this film. I just looked at the cast. Honestly, uh, there's on Amazon. Not much about this movie. So. Yeah, Lucy was played by Lysette and Anthony, and among her credits. I do not see Kroll. Amazon said she was in Kroll. I'd rather watch Kroll. Uh, listen, I'd almost always rather be watching Kroll. I need I need that on a bumper sticker or a t-shirt. I'd rather be watching Kroll. Uh, no, she's definitely in it. As Her name is Lysette, and she is Lysa in the... Yeah, I guess that's, yeah, that's her. The prince, that's yeah, the princess. she is yeah, the princess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, nope, we absolutely. joked about her name almost being the same as her character's name. Yeah, uh, uh, kind of dropped okay. the ball there, us. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, I'd rather movie, watch the crawl yeah. though. So, same here. Hey. You know what would take out Dracula really fast? The glaive. I mean, that's just a it's a it's a vampire killing mm. thing. It works for the Belmonts. Come yeah. on, straight to the straight to the heart. Boom, done. Movie's over. No, you'd have to have a bladed crucifix. Yeah, it's made of metal. Well, yeah, I Dracula mean, doesn't give a shit about metal. Get out of here. Ah, it's the glaive, man. I'm telling you. Glaive's magic. Glaive's magic. Totally, totally kills Dracula's. Mm-hmm. So, sadly, if you're 10 year old Thunderous Wizard, this movie tanked and it tanked hard. Uh, released in December of 1995, it grossed just 10.7 million on a budget of 30. Where that money went is anybody's guess. Uh, that, that better be a question later in this, because when I looked up that, I didn't want to dig too hard in the trivia because I figured there was not much here for you to base a quiz on. But I don't know where you spend 30. I've got two very important words for you. We should do cocaine this Cocaine writer. Cocaine writer. So much cocaine. 
Cocaine Rider. <laughs> like, I don't feel like Mel Brooks and Leslie Nielsen are the cocaine guys. I feel like they're just quirky Jews. <laughs> yeah, um, but most of the cast is like actors, you know? So, like, I'm they're assuming. Not, it, like, let's, let's say you pay listen, all, let's say the you dude from Wings. The dude from Wings. Ten in. The dude from Wings is definitely flying and not in a plane. Yeah. yeah. Like, did they dub all of his lines? I, I I got the distinct impression that that was not him delivering those lines. Like his mouth was moving, but that's somebody uh, else. No, that's a hundred percent Stephen Weber. Watch more Wings and stop being such a square. It's like one of the greatest well, sitcoms. I'm ever. assuming I'm assuming that he you know did his own uh, looping work, you know. But I'm gonna loop still, you straight out of here. Get your whatever. ass in check. Stop making what, what, fun of this movie and Stephen Weber. What was what was was he in that volleyball movie? Uh, Stephen Weber, no, that's Top Peter top. Horton. <laughs> oh, First of all, whatever. Stephen Weber, handsome cat. He's not Peter Horton, handsome. So that's true. But it's got, that got similar salad going on though. They got they got the similar hair. Yeah. Critics also hated this film. It's got eleven percent on Rotten Tomatoes with thirty-seven reviews. Oh, I, you're saying the majority of people agree with me? Weird. Okay, fine. If thirty-seven people is a majority, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The user score. Discernibly higher. It's like 38. <laughs> I would not say that's that's not something to brag about. Like, well, while I love this movie and I'm sure you have a special place in your heart for it, that's not that's not good. Roll out. Let me ask a question here, T dubs. When did this movie come out again? 95. 95? Okay, thanks, Machise. Uh how many years after Men in Tights was this? A couple. Yeah. Just a couple. Okay. Because yeah. like what I don't understand is like all of the fun and magic you had in Men in Tights, which is a funny movie. It's stupid, but it's the a last funny time you movie. Wa- when's the last time you watched it? Uh I, I might have been last year. I, I, I got be free on Prime forever. I, I gotta be very honest with you. This stuff has not aged well. It's I, funny. But, I like it. I have nostalgia for it, but when you're getting near 40 it's not as funny as it was when you were you can't compare it to like better (laughs) comedies like when like this movie came out when i was 11 and this was and i'll hearken on it later like i grew up on this shit this is why it has such a special place in my heart i watched this stuff with my mom me and my mom watched every leslie nielsen movie that he made because it was awesome and it like it was including the ones where he was like a civil war general Wait, not Revolutionary War General. No, not those. Wow, ones. He was a serious actor. But, well, I, I think what you're hitting on here, I mean, Cheese, is a good point because you view this as a Leslie Nielsen movie. You view this through the lens of Naked Gun, whereas I view this through the lens of Blazing Saddles and, and Spaceballs. You know, yeah. this is a Mel Brooks movie to me. One, one problem Blazing Saddles in 1978. Like, and it's fucking hilarious. And yeah. even Spaceballs is funny. It, and I'm just saying, I dude, remember we, Men in Tights being funnier than this. Don't That's oversell it, because we talked about Spaceballs the other night. We both agreed it had not aged in a way that we were like, oh, well, this is, I mean, it, yeah, so, sort of, yeah. I mean, would I say that Mel Brooks probably peaked with Blazing Saddles? Yes. I don't think he's ever hit that height again, but at least I laughed during Men in Tights and Spaceballs. Young Frankenstein. Uh, you didn't laugh during this because you don't have a soul. Well, that's 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 fair. Uh, yeah, that's because he's times. a Dracula. Well, oh, oh shit, he's Lucy. Yeah, he's Lucy Goosey. You gotta stake uh, him. 
We definitely got to stay. Terrible opinions for sure. Uh, so first question is how would you describe this in one sentence? We'll start with Captain Cash. Uh, I feel like that's a very obvious Bram Stoker's men in tights. Okay. Uh, Mary I Cheese. also would have accepted Mel Brooks's Dracula. How that wasn't the name to begin with is stunning to me, frankly. Like that's such an obvious, this is an obvious answer to Bram Stoker's Dracula. How did this not become Mel Brooks's. I don't think Dracula. Mel Brooks was well, his name he doesn't really the title. Put, yeah, he doesn't really put his name in the titles. Yeah. He's in so. the he's the the vampire killer in the movie. Yeah, Mel Brooks is in every about, Mel Brooks movie. He's not fucking Tyler Perry, where it's like Tyler Perry's Mattia goes to jail. Like yeah, he knows everyone, about like, Hollywood. He, oh, he wants oh, his yeah, stop, 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 stop. It's Medea. Who the fuck cares? Those movies are awful. <laughs> They, they make a shitload of money and Tyler Perry is a billionaire. I don't have to like him, but I at least respect the hustle. He's at he, least like 30% of the Metro Atlanta economy. So I got it. That's a good point. Started. Like, yeah. you know, like you can't, you can't put your name on something you think might stink. Like Mel, oh. Brooks, Mel Brooks knows enough about Hollywood to just not put your name in the title. Have the movie be itself and have you be part of it. Yeah, that's incredibly vain. It's not like it's Mel Brooks is the producers. Because... You know, like that, isn't it? Sometimes? No, it's, it's the producers. I mean, like, I mean, then yes, you can but... remake it through, you know, whatever. So, uh, McCheese, one sentence. I noticed this late in the movie when I was watching it like an hour ago. And like, I want this to be some sort of weird canon. But, anyways, my one sentence, and it'll play in and we can talk about it later. Dracula, dead and loving it, is what happens when Michael Scott, who looks exactly like Leslie Nielsen in this at parts, Watches Phantom of the Opera one too many times and decides to make a local play out of it. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's, uh, that's oddly specific, but yeah, let's roll with it. But Age, accurate. Agent Michael Scott. There, there are parts in the last third, if you will, of this movie where I'm looking at Leslie Nielsen. I'm like, holy shit, this could be Michael Scott acting as Dracula. <laughs> Gru. I mean, isn't that the Gru voice essentially? <laughs> basically yeah 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 i mean close uh chumzilla how would you describe this uh watching mel brooks's dracula dead and loving it is pretty much like sitting through an hour and a half of a blood enema that's just me i mean i you've admitted to enjoying those so i guess we're back to square one uh i would just call it bram stoker's count hacula oh because it Honestly, you know what's really what's funny when you say that because you, you mentioned Bram Stoker's Dracula, both as you know, there's a book, right, and there's the movie, but the description on Amazon didn't reference that. It referenced it referenced uh, the Bela Lugosi movies. Well, which yeah. I'm like, I, I which I like. Yeah, why? No. Wait a minute! Like the only thing this was well, missing was the, the weird red French bulldog armor. Well, and it's totally it's sent no, off of the Gary there, Oldman Dracula. There are other instances. Obviously, I've referenced. I, I texted you guys about he he dresses exactly like Grandpa Munster. Well, yes. no, I, but Grandpa but, Munster is dressed like the Bella Lugosi yeah, Dracula. So that's the whole. But he also yeah. uh, feeds on Lucy as if he's Nosferatu, and those are pretty loose. I mean, this is Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> they do name drop Nosferatu during the during the film as well. He's Italian. And the whole- and the whole and the whole shadow, the whole shadow joke as well. Well, that's also Bram Stoker. That's Bram Stoker. Yeah. Oh, it's it's a, I've, I've, never, yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah. Uh, 
So let's get into the plot. And this will be quick because honestly, this there is no plot to this movie. It's just gags. It's, it's, a, it's a Dracula movie with gags. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's it is Bram Stoker's Dracula, but with without the scene context it's a, and, <laughs> as as a screwball comedy as opposed yeah. to a horror. And it, the only good thing is that we get to spend what is it, an hour and a half pissing off Chumzilla. Uh, 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 listen i want you all to understand a podcast is an audio medium the listener can't watch you grab your throat they need to go watch the movie because that's a visual visual thing it's a visual thing uh, that'll be 15 copecks so anyways, oh after acquiring carfax abbey contract show me the carfax yeah travels to london in search of his eternal bride. As we said, none of this is really explained, but this is movie is essentially spoofing the aforementioned Bram Stoker's Dracula. And that's the plot of the film, minus all the connective tissue and the scenes that would make any of it make sense. Well, I mean, they, they do switch out Renfield and Harker. Renfield and Harker, yeah. Yeah, so in Bram Stoker's Dracula, Harker goes to, Bram, to Dracula's castle, but in this case, it's Renfield. Uh, played by the greatest Renfield, I think, as we have discussed. Tom Waits, yeah. So essentially, no, in... not that. Yeah. Oh, Peter McNichol. Yeah, Peter, like, Peter McNichol is... Ba- the like, child. Somebody saw Ghostbusters <laughs> 2 and was like... <laughs> That's really... <laughs> yeah, they were like, hey, uh, who's the guy in Ghostbusters 2? That. Peter, Pete. Pete, can I call you Pete? He... That exact same thing. One more time, please. He is having such a good time that it's hard not to enjoy his performance. I, like the amount of times in my life that I've said, like out loud for no reason, said, Renfield, you idiot. <laughs> Renfield, you've fallen asleep too soon. <laughs> and this imbecile is so specific. <laughs> oh my God. I love him as Renfield. Oh, I love this movie. I love it. I, when, when I, he's... Listen, I want you all to be very aware I am much closer to a Chumpzilla than I am either. I didn't love this movie. I got a couple yucks out of it, and I don't hate it, and it doesn't make me mad. You don't realize how quickly I I will unfriend all of you from my (laughs) actual life from being so shitty. Chumpzilla, save it. We're going to go through the plot. You can just 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 mute yourself. Just mute yourself now. You don't need to talk bad about this movie. Get out of here. Right now, now, McCheese, just block me. Just do it. I got it. I got it. You're grumpy. Fuck off. Dracula <laughs> arrives in London uh, and he first pursues Lucy, which raises the suspicions of her father and leads them to recruit Dr. Van Helsing to explain her bizarre ailment. She has two puncture wounds on her neck. Now, TV first... time out. Let's back up here. I feel like we're not getting enough Trump or uh, T-Dub's buy-in on the fact that Van Helsing's in this movie. But well, there's not enough rope swinging. <laughs> there's not enough rope swinging or Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Or a lot of things. But yes, Van Helsing is a huge part of the movie that inspired I mean, this listen. Well. No, no. Let me ask my if second you... question here. Sorry. Um, yeah. On your list of Van Helsings, who ranks better? Hugh Jackman or Mel Brooks? Well, uh, Hopkins, I think, is the best Van Helsing. And he's in Bram Stoker's. <laughs> uh, How dare you say that? Jackman took down at least a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde became a werewolf and fought a uh, uh, Frankenstein before ultimately taking down the Dracula. Wait, wait, wait um, a minute. Uh, hold, on, hold on. And Frankenstein, he Frankenstein is the doctor. <laughs> yeah. 
It's his monster. And but also, you're both wrong. He on. doesn't fight Frankenstein. Frankenstein is the key to Dracula's nefarious plot. And they are buddies. And they do some rope swing. They together. team up. They, they have the classic superheroes. We've met each other and we're kind of fighting. But actually, we're on the same side. It's Jackman, probably. This is why you guys are glad to have me back, right? Everyone. Or these conversations. Yeah, yeah. I, listen, I just want to know. <laughs> I, I Listen. Before I reserve final judgment, I would like to see Mel Brooks and Anthony Hopkins rope swing and or turn into a werewolf. And then after that, I will be well, able to make my decision. No, no one's going to uh, no uh, uh, outcompete nope. Jackman. I mean, if T-Dogs loves a man hard, he loves no one harder than I, Listen, Jackman. I want you to understand, I feel like Mel Brooks would make an amazing werewolf. I just, I feel it in my bones. Uh, Captain Cash, you are sleeping on what is one of the worst things fucking movies of the past 20 years the wolfman where anthony hopkins has a werewolf fight with benicio del Toro. oh my god he does turn into a werewolf he's on even footing come on he, he slays old he's got the gray hair they have this do remember that maybe it's a tie the answer is always jackman it's hard no, to be jackman in fact we, he we is the greatest about- showman we were joking last week about whether or not Matt Smith could act based on what we've seen out of him. I kind of have the same question about Benicio del Toro. Like after some of his most recent stuff, I'm like, is that guy any good? Uh, watch Sicario. Like, Don't blame him for the last Jedi. It wasn't his fault. I just Sicario is the shit. Yeah. Dude. He, he wasn't, he wasn't great in the, the guardians of the galaxy movies and stuff as the collectors. Oh yes. Because little... they gave him so much to do. Well, I, I, don't know. I mean, to be you fair, know. they gave him the equal amount they gave Jeff Goldblum, and you guys Goldblum are getting made a meal out of it. You guys ah, are getting super far yeah. away from yeah. Dracula. Let's, Let's get it right. Dracula. So for all the right reasons, we're talking about better movies and better actors. But moving Fuck on. Off. Fuck off. Again. Yeah. Let's talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. This will be fun. Whoa. No. <laughs> We're talking about a good movie. I really like those movies. We're like five minutes movie. away from Captain Cash. We're like, I really associate with Guardians of the Galaxy Value too. And two. then he's going to get to the whole two dash is great. Field. I like two no. better than one. Yeah. Fight me, internet. Go. Okay. Anyway, uh, so, other Dracula stuff happens. Yeah, like all so, of the Dracula stuff. So he feeds with, on with Lucy gags. again. She officially becomes a vampire, uh, which they are forced to stake. In the meantime, Dracula is lusting after Mina, who's succumbing to his mystical charms. Still, I mean, unaware, he's Leslie uh, Nielsen. That's how you do. It's just. What's I mean, the, Frank going to happen. Frank yep, Drummond always yeah. picks up hot chicks. Fact, just fact. I mean, how are you not going to go after Lucy and Mina? They're both smoke shows. Yeah, sky's blue, water's wet. Leslie Nielsen so, going to hit that. The uh, yep. three. Yep. Just th- knee deep in the poon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yep. That's what they. That was his name. <laughs> Leslie knee deep Nielsen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I was going to go with Poonson, but <laughs> uh, anyways, these three idiots are still unaware of who Dracula is. They suspect it's either Renfield or the mysterious count. So they set a trap to out the fiend spoiler. It is count Dracula. Obviously. It, I mean, I'm just glad they didn't name him like Dr. Acula, you know, cause that's about the level this movie was operating at. I would no, like that, to no, just hold brief on. pause. How did we not make that joke during Morbius? He's literally a doctor that's a vampire, and we did not do a Dr. Acula joke. We either very dumb or very restrained. I would which say this movie was, is 
both and neither. I think, I think honestly, Captain Cash, we were just morbing so hard that we weren't thinking clearly. Well, well all the blood went happens. to my morb yeah. right out of my brain. Yep. I'm not going to lie to you guys. After listening, like, you know, I was off last week and the weeks before. Um, but I was listening to the Morbius podcast and I, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed in you guys. Like, there's an international Morb ranking scale. It, it's the letters of Morbius. And really, that podcast only got you a more, M-O-R. It, like, mm, you didn't even get the B. E, damn. Okay. I, I don't think that's true. We morbed <laughs> plenty hard. No, you didn't morb hard enough. You didn't even more close to the morb. Mm. I was I was walking a pretty fine morb line mm, there. Captain Cash <laughs> morbed the hardest. He probably got a Morbia. But the rest oh. of you phoned it in. Well, oh, that's right. Man, that's that's, that's how hard I'm orb. What the listeners don't know is that he actually cut off his nose for that podcast so he could look more like the Morbius version of Dr. Michael Morbius. Also, he was, was, you she still you back been, on. But you could have been in my boat of never seeing this movie, and never having to talk about it. I, I, yeah, I said it on the pod, McCheese. Uh, that's the first time I've actually been jealous of you. Yep. Nope. I haven't seen it. Won't see it. Don't okay. Yeah. See it. I, I wish I could unsee it. It was such Let's get through this. a waste of time because this is not that movie. And, uh, you know, he gets outed because they have this giant mirror hidden. And of course, Dracula has no reflection. He that's was, a great, that's a great scene. That's, that's an awesome. It's fun, but how he doesn't see scene. that fucking 20 foot long by 10 foot high mirror. <laughs> well, so <laughs> he that scene makes any sense at all from a logistical a logistical standpoint excuse me it's just like practical gag, effects though a, looks great it's a gag it's a gag and the gag just goes on and on and on and again it's another gag in this movie that's a setup with no punchline oh okay. fuck off so remember uh logistics don't matter with spook movies because spoof movies spit in the face it goes on for like three minutes and it doesn't stick you know what, no... you know what else oh, goes on for God. like three minutes you're you. ranting and they also have no point so oh my god so, listen in the movie's defense have you ever just like been serving an entire party with your badass dance moves you're you're not gonna like it, stop yeah. for a mirror it's just gonna I think he's it, right yeah you know particularly if it like it, there was clearly a curtain where they dropped the curtain and the mirror is behind it they it's dropped not, the curtain it, before he started the aggressive dance moves. And you don't think once you spin and see the giant mirror, you're going to be like, what the fuck is that? Is that a mirror? Spoken okay, like, like a man know, who does not dance aggressively Dracula. enough at parties. You got to uh, dance know, more. It's got, you got to put your whole Dracula in it. For, for the record, nobody oh dances more aggressively than his shadow. <laughs> who really yes. dances aggressively. Yes, that was some uh, dirty dancing. So he kidnaps Mina. And this forces her father, her fiance Harker, and Van Helsing to pursue them because they're worried that she will be turned into his vampire bride. They unleash Renfield because Renfield is a moron and he will immediately go back to his master's side. They find uh, them, Mr. Mr. Fight Dracula. It's Mr. Mr. It's it's because that's another joke. Oh my god, yes. It's yeah. not funny in the movie. It's funny. Because the, the guy know, from Wings goes, Well, I thought he called him Mr. Oh, hardy har har! Fuck. Okay. Fight Dracula. They win because Redfield exposes his own master to the rising sun, and he delivers the all-time classic line: "Redfield, you asshole." <laughs> the end. 
as I said, this movie is really all about the gags, which we'll get to post break. So let's just do our beer rankings. I'm going to start. I want to start the listeners off with a conservative ranking because this movie does have its charms. It is dated. It's not as funny as I remembered it to be. So we'll go with McCheese because he's not an unholy succubus from the universe like Chump Silla. I don't know if I'm as conservative as like Captain Cash will be because this movie holds uh, like all these movies hold a special place in my heart. I mean, it only clocks in at like an hour and 20. So, I mean, it's two enjoyment beers for me because I love this slapstick bullshit. It's a good cutaway from the awful reality we live in, and it doesn't try to be so hard. It's just dumb, fall down on a rake fun. So I like it. I'm not going to say yeah. I don't like it. I'm going to give it two beers. I'm 100% on board with you because I love Leslie Nielsen. I love the Naked Gun movies. I know late career Nielsen, particularly like directly following this movie, gets pretty bad. But and like I, I said it earlier, with like this is the movies I grew up watching with my mom. Like when she, yeah, me and her yeah. watch comedies, and like they're always gonna have a place that I'm just like, fuck, I love these movies. But Leslie, I know, Nelson I know they're not a, great. They're not the best, but like they're not shitty. Like they're still goofy and fun. There's no, nothing like, wrong with them. Like his later ones are pretty shitty. Like Spy Hard is pretty shitty, and Three Thousand One: A Space Travesty is pretty shitty. But this is, I, I used to love this movie. And I would give it two to three enjoyment beers because I still remember sitting there and like laughing hysterically at this film. And yeah, it's not that good. It really is not. There's plenty of better comedies to see, but I love Leslie Nielsen. Yep. So, uh, Captain Cash, before we get to Mayor, uh, Mayor Mopstick over uh, at the end, Chumpzilla. So it's 90 minutes. It's not that long. There are two to three scenes that are, in my opinion, legitimately funny. But this, this misses more than it hits with its jokes. And, and it also feels like the jokes, it's not dense enough for it. Like, there's not enough jokes for it to miss as much as it's missing. Like, if it, if it was, like, three jokes every second, and yeah, you know, 90% of a miss, a uh, big deal because there's a bunch more jokes here. A lot of a miss to the point where I'm like, that's just not funny. It's still a fun screwball comedy. And I love Mel Brooks. So for. Okay, it's, it's, it's over in 90 minutes. It's not bad. It's probably too pain to enjoyment. Yeah. So like we, done worse, done better. Like I'm not. Yeah. I'm lukewarm on the movie. Like Top Secret throws way more jokes at you. Yes. If this and had the, the joke density of Top Secret, or I, did, I loved it. Or yeah, or Airplane, where it's just like you, you the jokes never actually they, stop. They there are visual stopped. gags, all of it. Here it, it felt like they kind of like ran out of vampire gags. This relies very heavily on what it's doing to land, and not enough of it does land anymore. Yeah. Uh okay, Chumpzilla. Oh, you loved it. Thanks. All right. Moving yeah. On. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. It, yeah. I mean, I'll give this five pain beers. Uh, it's it's short enough. It doesn't get six. And, and yeah, I think uh, you hit on something there, Captain Cash. I mean, just for me, it's not joke dense enough for a gag movie. And it's very surface level. So that's probably the biggest 
disappointment for a Mel Brooks spoof film. The social commentary, I think, that he applied to some of his earlier films really helped the humor. It, it made it more contemporary. It gave it a little more context, like not just in terms of like what he was spoofing, but the times that you know, the movie is being made in. This movie doesn't have any cultural like references other than it's loosely based on the, the Gary Oldman, Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder movie. Um, it, it just, there's just something missing there for me. And the jokes just all seem very surface level and they don't land nearly enough of them Honestly, uh, to make it work as a, as a straight screwball comedy. In my opinion. Yeah. But yeah. if you, if you so, watch Bram Stoker's, which is my recommendation later, spoiler, I'll, I'll have another one. That movie's not particularly dense. It is really him coming to find what he deems to be the incarnate, the reincarnation of his bride who has been dead for several hundred years. It is this movie. Like, there's not really enough to go on. Like, well, which is the, the book, hot, right? they do the hot va- vampire brides. Um, they, they they do a couple other things, but like that movie is there's not a lot to it. So I I and this just isn't it's not culturally relevant like Star Wars was like it wasn't this huge thing right like it's yeah. it's not really uh, relevant in a way like robbing from the rich and giving to the poor like Robin Hood like this is just a really small story that didn't have enough material to do one of these comedies with in my opinion but. But it, it was a big marketing push behind that movie. So I can see kind of like in that perverted well, Hollywood only scheme of things. It because was, of Francis Ford Coppola. But that movie was like not well regarded when it came out. I mean, it no, won a couple but, of Oscars, but it was for makeup and like. It was a thing, though, like because, you know, Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves were hot, and you know, physically and, you know, in terms of their stars and, you know, and. They had some weird visuals and there was a big marketing push behind it. I, I can't, I can't, I can't discount too that I'm assuming the interview with a vampire bullshit was also kind of, you know, there was a little Dracula moment there. Well, for that, a was, second. Yeah. that was either the same year as this or after this. I, it, it, but, but yeah, my point was there was a, there was a vampire thing there for a second. But it might yeah. not have been a bad idea to do what other spoof movies Matt. did, but we'll talk about that after the break. Okay. Because uh, for now, we're going to hear from our brothers in blood and beer and more blood and more bang over at Hop Nation USA. And when we come back, we've got some lingering questions about Dracula dead and loving it. Mister, Mister. <laughs> Damn it. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Hello and welcome back to the 160th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. And we are talking 1995's Leslie Nielsen vampire classic, Dracula, Dead and Loving It. We do have some lingering questions about the movie. And first one is favorite scene or comedic moment. We obviously know Chimzilla thinks there are none. So this is your floor, sir. Give us your treatise on why this movie isn't funny. I will give you three of the worst gags. Just what were they? Very quickly. Why was this so unfunny? 
Um, okay. It starts off very, very softly and weakly with the wig gag because it's just not funny. I did have you ever seen want- a Mel Brooks movie? I mean, like you've seen other Mel Brooks movies. The, I mean, I understand they need to come more hot and heavy, but like those are the kind of gags that are built into a Mel Brooks movie. Yeah, I'll say I, 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 I own a couple of them on Blu-ray because um, I'm a dinosaur and I still own physical media. Yes, but no. So that one, I'm like, that's not funny, but okay. And then they do it a second time. I've already mentioned that one. I really did not like the the chemistry or lack thereof of the three male leads, the father, the fiance and Dr. Van Helsing, they all just seem like idiots. And anytime they talked and it was supposed to be funny, there's supposed to be like a gag there where like they didn't know who Dr. Acula was. I'm like, I, this is so stupid. And none of it's funny. That bothered me immensely. Okay. See, I, before you get to your third one, I will say this movie does not leverage the talents of Steven Weber well enough. He's very funny and he's very talented and he's also anti-fascist. We love you, Steven. Go wings. They give him like nothing to do in this movie. Uh, Honestly, probably, uh, you know, for my third gripe and or gag, it's that we didn't get Thomas Aiden Church in this. He would have helped the movie. Lol Mather. T-Dubs, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think his general attitude would be improved with an enema? Wait a minute. Straight jacket first, and then the enema. We can, well, I mean, <laughs> bare minimum, sure? it would give him a sense of accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, 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 and again, I wanted to laugh at that joke, but it didn't go anywhere. I, I just, it just, just butt stuff is funny. Okay. Well, no, it's a me. doctor who only keeps re-prescribing an enema because he's an inept doctor because it's the 1800s and doctors actually didn't know what they were doing and <laughs> yeah. it was either leeches or enemas stuff is funny yeah but, but, but stuff is funny but i'm like but we never see an it's enema. like the I old mean, saturday it's like the old saturday live skit when they're like he needs a bleeding i'm fairly like sure if we have to people. roll out an actual enema tell chumzilla is offended he did not get to witness at least one enema yeah, that, that might be it. That does track. Yeah. But they teased, they teased, they never delivered. Okay. All right. Well, people who did enjoy some of the gags, we'll start with you, Mayor McCheese. What was your favorite scene or comedic moment? I don't know if I had a favorite because these fall all in line with like the dumb shit comedies that I always like. But what I did earlier, like the stupid voice box thing, like totally unnecessary, but it's this is like a Mel Brooks movie. That's what it is. And like, that's the kind of stuff I love from these sort of movies. You're and you're not going to go tell your friends like, oh, my God, it was hysterical. But like, it's funny. It's good stuff. And that's what I like from these sort of comedies. OK, kind of well, like a moped. Uh, it's fun until your friends catch you on. Like, is that what you're saying, McCheese? No, me and T-Dubs went and saw all these movies together when we were kids because we liked comedies unlike you, you heartless bastard. I hate yeah. fun. And uh, I'm just saying, you just admitted, though, this isn't a movie you would go brag to your friends about. You know, I'm just saying. No, like, I wouldn't say, like, this is the funny scene you need to see. I would say, let's go see this movie together. Yeah. You'd be like, like oh, oh, this uh, isn't McLovin. Uh, har, har, har. For the record, nobody argued that this shouldn't have flopped. So. Okay, yeah. fair, 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 fair. Yeah. We might enjoy it, but it's not a shock that it didn't make its money back because, no. again, I don't know where the money went. Captain Cash. Funniest scene is when they're staking Mina Harker and the blood is going everywhere. And 
Yeah. Steve is just <laughs> barely holding it together. Like you, you can like see in his face how hard he is trying not to laugh. That that's the other thing that I'm gonna throw is, in Is, is, that, face. is that supposed to be a joke? Was that supposed to be a joke? Yes. Yes. There's no, there's no setup for it. It's just a. Are you, you ever me? He walks like behind getting, the pillar. Have you ever of watched SNL? It's it's like somebody getting slimed on Nickelodeon. I'm like, uh, all right, okay. Chuck. There's a lot of setup. He goes, "Oh no, no!" Somebody who know who loved her had to stick her. He's like, well, "I kind of only liked her." That's better than me. And then he walks behind the pillar. That whole scene is great. I agree with Captain Cash. That's my favorite scene in the movie. But okay. I also love when he and Dracula are trading uh, old uh, Moldovian sayings and like who can get the last words. <laughs> and then yeah. finally, at the end of the movie, when it's just his like ashes, he opens up the coffin. And has the last word. It's great. I feel like Chump Zilla's got to be the worst person to see stand-up comedy with because he's just going to constantly shout out loud, I don't find this funny. Oh, yeah. He's the idiot who thinks he's funnier <laughs> than the comedian. And then you're embarrassed because you're at his table. And it's like, oh, shit. Now they're going to target us. <laughs> this no There's joke. always one of us. There's always one of us. Yeah, it's you. <laughs> okay. Well, here's a question I think you can get behind Chump Zilla. More intimidating vampire, Leslie Nielsen or Eddie Murphy? <laughs> Uh, you know, I I have to give Leslie Nielsen some credit. Like he did kind of play the role of the vampire, you know, uh, the seductive vampire. He was sexier, I think, than Eddie Murphy was. But uh, I think uh, Eddie's, uh, what was his, Maximilian, whatever. Maximilian, yeah. Yeah, he was definitely more of an evil vampire in my opinion. So I don't I have to say, I was a little more scared of Eddie Murphy's vampire, but he was not nearly as sexy as Leslie Nielsen was. Okay. Uh, Captain Cash, we know you watched Vampire in Brooklyn, but you did not appear on the pod. More intimidating vampire. When Eddie Murphy is climbing down the window, but defying gravity with his hair, it is very comfortable, comparable to how silly this movie's Dracula is. Just remember that Eddie Murphy's vampire rips the guy's heart out, Kali Ma yeah. style. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's still definitely Eddie Murphy. Yeah, as, I mean as the more threatening. That movie's supposed to be a horror movie. I will say this: Leslie Nielsen much funnier, although the competition is slim because Eddie Murphy is the anti-funny in Vampire in Brooklyn. Kind of like on purpose too, which is the weird thing. He's like, yeah, like, and I, I get what he was trying to do, but. Like it was the 80s or wait, early 90s, and no one had explained, hey, look, Eddie, if you want to transition from comedy into some more serious acting, you have to be like a third supporting role that showcases your ability to act rather than just taking the lead. Because if you're a comedian and you're the lead, everyone's going to expect it's going to be a comedy. You know, I will say this. I think it's interesting that we've seen like Will Ferrell and... uh I'm trying to think who else, uh, you know, take on more serious, uh, Jim Carrey even have taken on some serious dramatic roles, but yeah, honestly, I don't think Eddie Murphy's been able to make that jump. Is mm, dream girls was nominated for an Oscar. Okay. Uh, no, that's a good point. But uh, again, but that definitely captain cash to your point, he was like a uh, very much a supporting yep. character in that. Yep. Well, I will tell you this, Eddie Murphy extremely talented guy has to have mm -hmm. the most disappointing follow-up to probably the one of the great decades of any yes. actor ever 
the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s were miserable for him. His, his third act in his career just bombed. But then he comes with Dolomite Is My Name. So star of that movie, great dramatic movie, free on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, you definitely should. I've, uh, I've read good things. So best Mel Brooks movie, or maybe not best, but your personal favorite. I will just say mine is Young Frankenstein, 110%. I've seen that by far the most. I think I recognize Blazing Saddles as probably the best. But for me, because Young Frankenstein, I've seen so many times. And it like the whole movie is quotable, really, for me. That's my go-to. Yeah. I was about to say, I'm going to go with Blazing Saddles just to take it off the chart. Well, no, um, I'll, I'll jump in here. McCheese, I think you're right. I think Blazing Saddles is both my personal favorite and the best Mel Brooks movie, um, just because it's so it was so socially conscious and it is culturally relevant. I will say though that Young Frankenstein is a close second because that movie is worth academic study. It is a comedy masterclass. That movie is funny. That is that is like the textbook definition of a funny movie it's great gene wilder's great and gene wilder is also one of the best if not the best part of uh well blazing saddles that's the kind of common denominator if you have gene wilder in a movie it's already infinitely better gene wilder was terrific he he yeah he's a phenomenon he's great uh but yeah no uh blazing saddles hands down and you know, uh, let's you know, history of the world, not bad either. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah part, one, so good. part one, part one, part two wasn't so good. I'm thunderous wizard on this one, where I don't know how to describe the best Mel Brooks movie, but I really do love Young Frankenstein. I just, it's it's so much fun. Frankenstein, Frederick Frankenstein. Yeah, but it, but if your name's Frederick, Frederick. Frankenstein shouldn't be Froderick Frankenstein. Hump? What hump? I I like it. They're so good. It like, I mean, shout out to Spaceballs. That was fun too. And professor, you know, Spaceballs is top. Yeah, uh, Spaceballs, top tier spoof movie. Yeah, top tier spoof movie. But as far as best, it's still probably Blazing Saddles. I will tell you this. I think his most, uh, I guess, one that transcended uh, decades in time is is obviously it's got to be the producers because it was redone so many times. It was a hit. In the, it was a hit in the late sixties. It was a hit in the two thousands. They made a movie about it. Like that thing could go on forever. It was part of. It was an entire season of Curb Your Enthusiasm where he was in the producers with David Schwimmer after <laughs> after injuring Ben Stiller's eye. <laughs> Okay, final question. Uh, because the spoof movie was like a thing. Uh, Airplane was a big deal. Blazing Saddles was a big deal. Uh, Spaceballs, everything we've mentioned before. And at some point in time, they just sort of like eschewed trying to have them make sense in favor of, let's just throw as many references at the screen as possible. Do you yearn for the days where these were more high-minded? Because I really like i find meet the spartans and disaster movie and superhero movie i think they're offensively stupid and it's shocking to me people paid money to put those in theaters they're crap 
So here's what I'd say. Yes, I yearn for the days when the movies were better than they were bad. Like, I, I would always rather have better movies. But, uh, like, the problem with the spoof movie is that so much of it is predicated on here's this really serious thing. Wouldn't it be funny if it was a comedy instead? Except a lot of what exists in our current pop culture is a lot of winking at the camera that Mm -hmm. you're only sort of supposed to take semi-seriously. And we haven't really advanced that much to a point where you could go, oh, you know, it'd be funny. Let's do a Star Wars parody because people take that real seriously. Well, they already made that. It's Spaceballs. And the superhero movies, at least with Marvel and even with some extent Sony and DC, you already have the existing movies half looking at the camera and going, yeah, we know this is some goofy bullshit, but wink. I just, I I wish people gave more money to projects like Cabin in the Woods, which isn't exactly a spoof, but it is riffing on horror movies. That is, it's it's an intelligent movie. It's a level of self-awareness. It's a meta take on it. So here's what I'll say. Here's my thesis on this subject. I think, there, there was a bit of a cash grab because it became formulaic to do these kind of spoofs on genres. And so it's like, hey, we'll just we'll just grab this, we'll crank out a spoof movie. It, it'll we'll make it for you know ten million dollars, and hopefully it makes like forty million dollars, and we all get paid. Like they're they're low budget, they crank them out quick. I think there's two things going on here that make the modern version of the spoof movie worse than these older nostalgic movies that we're talking about. Uh, One is that the development cycle used to take longer back in the day. So we weren't churning out as much media. So it was easier to grab on to these trends and crank out a movie. Now there's so much material that you can't just spoof one film. You have to spoof that entire genre. So that kind of dilutes it right down, you know, at that point, too, because you're no longer just doing one movie, you're just doing an entire genre. And then on top of that, because, as Captain Cash pointed out, movies have gotten a little more self-aware and there's a little more humor baked into them, or at least self-awareness baked into them, that you, you, you the jokes have to be even more absurd and over the top and stupid. So okay. those, yeah. two, those two factors have kind of hurt. Like, you know, there's there's more material to cover now, and you have to push the envelope even further because there's already humor baked into some of these genres. Everything's not taking itself dead serious. Like, so like that's, my, the, that's my feeling. Like, like Meet the Spartans, for example, makes no sense. It's not supposed to. That's the point. They're just supposed to be, look, it's, it's just, Carmen Electra, and it's and we're making fun of that movie that you, you liked. Uh, also, is it's it clickbait. maybe perhaps it's, it's clickbait that... movies? There's just no person like Leslie Nielsen anymore that literally as when we get into the trivia here in a moment, like gave up a career of like being a very serious actor to just own this. And be like, if this is what you want from me, this is what I'll do. I would argue that's, that was Will Ferrell. No, no, he was, he was just a a comic actor. But my, but my point is though, he, but he was going to be in whatever you put him in. He was going to be Will Ferrell in that, which is what Leslie Nielsen does. He's like, you're going to put Leslie Nielsen in your movie. He's going to be Leslie Nielsen. That's fair. McCheese thought. As much as it hurts, I think we've finally moved past the spoof because everything's pretty much been spoofed. Every time a movie comes out, there's a whole second movie. 
I think the only people who are actually like approaching it in a correct order are like the Lonely Island guys. Like they're pop star. Re- That's a good. They're spoof. reimagining yeah. that aspect and the spoof uh, variety. That's not an entirely. Oh, we're redoing Dracula, but funny. Like they're doing it in a slightly different way, but they're doing it in what I would consider yeah. nowadays spoof. Yeah, no, that's a good point because Popstar, the Bash Brothers experience, Hot Rod, those are inherently goofy things. A lot of them are song driven, right? Fun fact, uh, the pumpernickel dance from Fortnite comes from Hot Rod. There you go. All right. So uh, the Double Turn podcast just finished their Hell in a Cell with Dr. Michael Morbius. It was actually it was actually Hell in a Bat Tube. With Dr. Michael Morbius. Wait, no, no. Was it a Van Helsing in a bat tube? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're going to hear from them. And when we come back, we've got the Carfax Abbey trivia challenge. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Boss Ross. And I'm the J-Man, and we're the Double Turn Podcast. Every Friday, we bring you the best in pro wrestling talk. Whether it's previews and reviews on pay-per-view events, discussing the hottest topics in pro wrestling, or bringing you a look back to some of the best matches and moments in history. We have it all for you. So check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Anchor app. And you can also give us a follow on Instagram at the Double Turn Podcast. And we will catch you on the flip side. Hello and welcome back to the 160th episode of Pops and Box Office Flaps. And we are on to our Carfax Abbey trivia challenge about Dracula Dead and Loving It. This is a standard multiple choice format quiz. So gentlemen, to chime in, either stick with one of our stalwarts or say, Renfield, you asshole, or wrong me, wrong me, or she's Italian. And I, I got good news. What about Enema? The winner of tonight's challenge gets the straight jacket enema i got a groupon it was a killer deal nice this is a steal guys listen if i win i just i give mine to chumpzilla i know how much it means to him is very excited so he really needs this enema so uh as i mentioned guys not a lot about this movie so this is mostly about mel brooks and leslie nielsen so Number one, in its opening weekend, Dracula Dead and Loving It finished 10th. Which of these (laughs) pod-appearing films did it beat? A, Sudden Death. B, Cutthroat Island. C, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Or D, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. They're all so plausible. I think that was Chumzilla, right? I'm going to go with C, Cutthroat Island. That was B, but it is Cutthroat Island. Ah. Oh, sorry. So, true story. Sudden Death opened the same day, and it opened to 4.72 million versus Dracula's 2.7. Cutthroat Island opened the same day and opened to 2.37 million. Uh, <laughs> the Island of Dr. Moreau came out in 96. Mortal Kombat Annihilation came out in 97. So. Yeah. But wow, what a weekend. December, that December of 95. What a great year for the podcast. So many great <laughs> options there. It's like literally like powering us through. 
It's a great time to stay home if you were born that week. So which movie do you think had a bigger V8 budget? Cutthroat Island or Dracula Dead and Loving It? That's the real question. It depends. Was Renfield's blood during the uh, paper cut scene V8 juice? It would appear that it was, yeah. I would still say it'd be Cutthroat Island because two two young lovers just drinking vegetable (laughs) juice just hammering the v8 yep just having sex and talking about pirate shifts drinking v8 <laughs> lovers oh what a life oh, yeah. Ready yeah. Mm-hmm. all right oh, buddy number two chubsill is up one to nothing to nothing wait did we uh go over we're gonna win oh yeah you get an oh yeah straight jacket oh okay sorry sorry yeah or so, is in the chubsill household that's wednesday night yeah so I mean, are you winning? I think when you see this rate I got on Groupon, you are. I'm gonna, uh, phone, I'm gonna phone most of these questions in so he wins. So number two is <laughs> though this film bombed, it was not the most financially disastrous of Mel Brooks's films. Hmm. Which of these grossed less? Hmm. Was it a silent movie? Was it B the nude bomb? Was it C life stinks or was it D high anxiety? Renfield. I recognize literally none of those. These are not yep. uh, some of his more well-known. Renfield. <laughs> uh, really I'm gonna try B because I haven't heard of that one. The nude bomb is incorrect. That made fourteen point six two million dollars. American dollars. All right. Your choices remain: A. Silent movie. C. Life stinks. Or D. High anxiety. Uh, one of you has to chime in, Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, sorry, I thought that was understood. No, I'm gonna go with uh, a silent movie, incorrect. So, Captain Cash, Shit. it is between Life Stinks, Life Stinks. That's my answer. Finally, that, that is correct. It made 3.83 million dollars. Here, here I come, Anima. Wait, yeah, get that Anima, get that straight jacket. Woo, you know, that Captain Cash, huge fan of being tied up. Yeah, I mean, listen, only if you put me in the straight jacket. Yeah. Or especially if you put me in the straight jacket. In the bat tube. Bat tube, straight jacket. Bat tube. Just some level of restriction. All right. Number three, we are one to one. Leslie Nielsen was apparently quite fond of farting and jokes related to flatulence. Hence why he had this written on his tombstone. Is it A, Beans, Beans, the musical fruit? You know the rest. Is it B, Here Lies Ass Acoustics? Is it C, I'm off to answer the call of the wild burrito? Or is it D, Let Her Rip? Renfield, you idiot. Uh, Even though Captain Cash got the quote wrong, I'll give it to him. Asshole, my bad. Beans, beans, musical fruit? Incorrect. Oh, it kind of seems like up his alley. All right. Renfield, you asshole. Chumpzilla. Uh, I'm going to go with D. It is Letter Rip. That is on his tombstone. <laughs> That's all it says. Leslie Nielsen, Letter Rip. <laughs> Apparently, he used to carry around this thing that would give off fart noises just to make social situations as awkward as possible, <laughs> which is amazing. so That's Leslie Nielsen. Something we can all aspire to in yeah. our later years. So we are at two for Chumpsilla, one for Captain Cash, zero for Mayor McCheese, and we are on to number four. Leslie Nielsen was considered for several high-profile roles throughout his career. 
Which of these was not one of them? Was it A, Nigel Powers in Goldmember? Was it B, Jack Torrance in The Shining? Was it C, Masala in Ben-Hur? Was it D, Willy Wonka in the 2005 film? We're going to shoot. McCheese. I got to go with The Shining. Incorrect. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, Renfield, you asshole. Chubzilla. I think the uh, 05, Willy Wonka. Incorrect. Fuck. So, uh, Captain Cash, to recap, you've got Nigel Powers in Goldmember or Masala in Ben-Hur. Wait, which Ben-Hur? Not, Ooh, good I, don't, I don't acknowledge the new Ben-Hur, and also Leslie Nielsen was dead when that came out. So. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> who, who in Goldmember? Nigel Powers, Austin Powers' father. No, it's got to be Ben-Hur. Incorrect. It was Nigel Powers. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Wait, was, Mike, it was Michael Caine. What happened? Yeah. So he was not considered for that role. He was considered for Jack Torrance, Masala, and Willy Wonka. And he lost out on all those roles. 2005 Willy Wonka. Yeah. He was considered for that movie. Also, he would have been that, way better. Wait, wait, <laughs> so, wait, wait, wait. Was the Johnny Depp one came out in 05? Uh-huh. Gross. Yep. Movies with Gene Wilder that don't need remade for 400. Uh-huh. So Leslie Nielsen was considered for Nigel Powers in he Austin was not. Powers. No. Okay, he was not. He was that was the one he was not considered for. I mean, maybe wow. he was, but I didn't find that in my research. <laughs> she <laughs> was only it. 16 years old. I was Michael Kane. <laughs> Michael Caine is always going to be Michael Caine. You know, what you're doing that. All right. 16 years old. Man, uh, that wow. man, you blew that. I thought everybody would have thought Nigel Powers because the other three were so ludicrous. Um, it was too, it was like, it was one of those things where like, well, obviously uh, that, because uh, that he, he could he literally be that be guy. Really he's too old to be yeah. really Wonka in 05. I'm sorry, but anything is better than Michael Jackson as the pedophile pedophile Willy Wonka, which is essentially what Johnny Depp was in that movie. Yeah, He was creepy as all hell and channeling the worst elements of a creepy, creepy person. I, I've never seen that movie. I didn't let my kids see that movie. They it's got awful. It's, they watched the god awful. So true story. Remember when HD DVD tried to like be a competitor to Blu-ray and no. Xbox made that, the HD DVD player? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Sony clearly won that battle from Jump Street, but yeah. Microsoft so, really dug their heels in, but yeah. Thunderous Wizard, always a fan of bad investments, bought the HD DVD player because it was on sale for like $150 off. I wonder why. And they gave me five free movies and that was one of them. Oh, I'm sorry? Yeah, terrible. Do you still so, have the copy? No, I, I threw that in the trash. <laughs> so, all right. Question number five. Let's I mean, go. what would I play it on? You know, it could be a coaster, uh, I guess. Hey, I still keep my laser discs. Well, you never, know when you, you never know when you're going to need to throw like a Tron Frisbee true. at somebody. Very true. Okay. So, uh, best you can do is tie Captain Cash McCheese. It's over. No enema for you. Mel Brooks received a Presidential Medal of Arts and Humanities from this president. Is it A, George Herbert Walker Bush? Is it B, William Jefferson Clinton? Is it C, George W. Bush? Or is it D, Barack Hussein Obama? Redfield, you asshole! Chumzilla. It's got to be Slick Willie. Incorrect. 
Fuck. Oh, my money would have put it on Slick Willie, too. Uh, As I say, it's going to Slick Willie as well. You asshole. Uh, all right, Captain Cash, what do you got? I wanted to be Barack Obama, but I think the right answer is W. Incorrect. Oh, thank God. I but feel geez, way less bad. Can, uh, oh, I, wait, I have both Whoa. Bushes? You have no, no, no. George H.W. Bush or Barack Obama. Yeah. Wait, what did you just take? I, he, I took W because I was terrified W was dumb enough to think that it was not making I fun think of it should be Obama. Well, it's Obama or the former head of the CIA. Take your pick. Let's go with yeah. Obama. It was Obama. And, okay, uh, thank God. I forget what year it was, but yes. And he was very complimentary of uh, Brooks's biting satire when it came to all sorts of things. So I'm sure was, when Obama was giving him the medal, he said, excuse me while I whip this out. I think it was <laughs> 2015 he got the medal. But yeah. I'll have to check on that. So you are the winner. You get the straight jacket enema. This is what nice. you've been fighting for for a long time. So I'm, I'm happy for you. Groupon. I just hope it's applied with proper supervision. And Guys, safety. there's uh, nope. listeners. There's still plenty available. It's a Groupon. Yeah. Proper supervision is just not going to be a feature. <laughs> Honestly, you get a Groupon. You Wait, don't did know you get if this it's... enema on Craigslist? Like, what are we doing here? But, come on. I'm not that bad. Uh, this thing was at I mean, least vetted by one source. I'm just saying I'll try anything once. Okay, we're on to recommendations. So, gentlemen, what do you have on tap for us this week? Mary McCheese, you've been off for a while. You should have plenty of recommendations. What do you got for us? I don't, and I'm only going with Prometheus. Oh, if, if these... <laughs> If our pod text could talk, <laughs> I hate Prometheus so much. God, I hate what? Prometheus uh, more than Jumpzilla hates this wait, movie. Wait, wait, is, wait, 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 Again, I haven't watched it in a while. In, in like but. 20 or 30, 40, whatever in the future, why why would you have male and female Medipods? Like, what the fuck? Like, all of human knowledge is already like downloaded on a smartphone, but you have a gendered Medipod. This is, like, this is like a new version of the aristocrats. <clears throat> I get these two to get upset, and I just go, Prometheus. No, no it's like, you know, hey, I'll... I'll, I'll Roll this all the way back no, to wait, no, no one asked you for your recommendation. No, you know, shut no, up. No, you no, can don't, talk no, all no, about no, on Twitter and why you unless you're giving your recommendation. No, wasn't your recommendation. No, stop. So. I'm gonna roll this all the way back to Mary McCheese when we were in college. She used to have uh what was the what was the the Lewis Black? He used to have Lewis Black uh, stand up on his computer and he listened to the audio because back in the day, folks, you know, we, we didn't get videos, we just had audio clips of comedy and SNL skits too. And he talks about like this time he, he was standing on a street corner and the girl in front of him said, hadn't been for that horse, I wouldn't have spent those four years in college. And he's like, and it made no sense to him. He's like, that's the kind of thought that gives you an aneurysm in the brain. That's, that's what Prometheus does to me. Like there's so many dumb, like illogical things in that movie that like, that's what's going to give me an aneurysm in the shower one day. Like why, why is the Medipod gendered? That's oh, it. Blood vessel bursts. Yeah. I die. I, I'm dead in the shower at, at 42. Better get that happen. Post haste. That might help. Uh, that might help. <laughs> so, uh, 
Captain Cash before uh, Chumzilla spontaneous combusts and turns into a giant. Uh, why, why didn't Why didn't Charlize Theron step to the side? I listened. She was panicked. A lot could have happened. It's yeah. fine. Um, as far as what I'm going to recommend uh, in the spoof genre, we kind of already talked about it, but I was gonna be like, hey, look, this is not a great Mel Brooks, Brooks movie, but you know what is? Young Frankenstein. Go mm-hmm. watch that movie right the hell now. If you've not seen it, very funny. Yep. No, it, it is academically funny. What knockers. Oh, that's thank you, Doctor. Yeah. Uh, excellent choice. Excellent choice. Uh, Chumzilla. My recommendation uh, is that you maybe take things less seriously. We're worried about you, buddy. Your blood vessels are bursting right now <laughs> thinking about Prometheus. And we don't want Prometheus! you to blow out your anus. No, no, no. The problem I have with that movie <laughs> is that it peaks in the first five minutes when they burn James Franco alive. Oh, just and give then, us your recommendation. And then, and then it's just all downhill from there. No, my recommendation is I was going to recommend Vampire's Kiss again, but I realized that would have been kind of lame. It's kind of a cop-out, although it is vampire-themed. But then, because I do worship at the Church of Tubi, there's another Nicolas Cage movie that is available that is worth watching. Um, it's a very early film for him, Valley Girl. You can catch that for free on Tubi right now. And if you've not seen it, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, and it's got a strange, almost, uh, you know, kind of meta uh, uh, association with uh, Frank Zappa, oddly enough. Frank Zappa uh, had a song that charted in the late 70s, Valley Girl, uh, that his daughter, Moon Unit, helped him write. And that effectively inspired the, f- the writing of the film Valley Girl. Although Frank Zappa was not ultimately involved in the production, but that's kind of how the movie came to be. So that's that's, that's kind of cool, and it's one of uh, it's one of uh, Nick Cage's earliest uh, film credits. Yes, and E.G. Daly, always great. Love you, E.G. Mm-hmm. From Pee Wee's Big Adventure, voice of Tommy Pickles. As yes, well. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. very famous voice actress, and, and you see her topless in this film and you get the song a million miles away by the plim smiths i love that movie the soundtrack for the movie is great tons of tons of like great 80s 80s songs and boy oh boy was it ever replicated a million times over yeah guy from the wrong side of the tracks i can honestly say that movie if, if you don't have that movie you don't get a lot of the john hughes stuff you don't get uh american pie in my opinion Jesus Christ! This is the all like the worst rabbit hole that anyone's ever gone down. I, okay, I think between between this and Porky's is how you get the modern sex comedies. Oh, okay. well, you know, my recommendation was of course Bram Stoker's Dracula, which you have to rent. It's very atmospheric. Mm-hmm. It's very well shot. He does a lot of cool things uh, with Francis Ford Coppola with the camera and and with the way Nick, he cuts the film. That, that's perfect. Nick Cage's uncle, right? Nick Cage's yes, uncle. That is his uncle. Yes, his uncle. Um, but I think it is worth watching. I don't think it's essential viewing, but I do think Gary Oldman's performance is worth seeing. Plus, the hair and makeup effects are really great, and there's some truly creepy visuals in it. Since we talked about that throughout the pod, my other recommendation would be this movie Survivor, which is about a uh, Jewish Holocaust survivor who was forced to box other prisoners 
really light fare for the yeah. But it's it's oh, a really, yeah. it, you know we're we're not that far removed from Holocaust Remembrance, and uh, it's a well acted movie. It is pretty potent and powerful stuff, but uh, it's essential history. So uh, it's called Survivor. It's free on HBO Max. It stars Ben Foster. I'm gonna bring this back up to like so, level headed podcast. Well, well, no, no, uh, like, we're gonna, we're gonna go with Bram Stroker's Smackula, the oh. porno. Okay. Everyone or, go see that. Okay. Wait, or wait, Terminator wait, wait, wait. 3. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who, who's in that? Uh, you know who's in that. Uh, uh, yeah. So Bram, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, Keanu Reeves, all-time bad performance. Anyways, uh, remember you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. You can find Captain Cash when he is not adorning terrible wigs at c-a-p-t-c-a-s-h on most social media and chumpsilla can be found at chumpsilla8 on twitter mccheese welcome back yes welcome back after a long time off can be found at hbo mccheese on twitter and check out wabamentertainment.com or follow them on twitter and instagram at w-o-b-a-m-e-n-t if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to like, share, and subscribe and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. Uh, in the end, listeners, remember one thing. Renfield is an imbecile. We will see you next week for the start of Hobson period piece flops with Guy Ritchie's King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, which I've never seen and some people oh. love, but it was not well regarded and it... Oh. Boy, did it tank at the mm. box office. So that's mine. Is that mine? That's mine. That's yours. Ah, oh, damn it. All right. This enema has been uncomfortably full.